Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. But right now on the line, I'm joined by Jacinta Ruru from the law faculty. Morena to you. Morena, kia ora koutou. How are we today? Oh, very good, thank you. Look, we're just um, on a really high buzz at the moment. We hosted <laughs> Justice Joe Williams, who's the new ah. um, judge on the Supreme Court last night, and he gave an amazing public talk about decolonising the tertiary sector and decolonising how we're teaching law. So, yeah, on a great high at the moment. Well, you would be, and that's perfect going into uh, what we're going to talk about this morning, I guess, in, in a way. Um, you're taking part in two events uh, at this year's Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival, which runs from the 6th to the 9th of May. First off, um, a talk on a work that you co-edited titled Nangi Kete Matoranga. It's Māori Scholars at the Research Interface, a publication which uh, in which 24 Māori scholars share their personal journeys um, they're sharing what being Māori has meant to them uh, in their academic careers. Uh, in your introduction, you state uh, the sad and horrendous fact that only 5% of uh, academic staff at universities in Aotearoa are Māori. And uh, and I guess, uh, and I imagine that a lot of that 5% are in Māori study departments. Um, important work, but uh, it means that other departments are, are lacking in that Māori perspective, right? Yeah, absolutely. And look, we're really proud of this book. It's a beautiful book. It tells these incredible stories. It tells the stories of, you know, Māori, um, many of them first in family to go to university, you know, where they had that deep curiosity as a young child and what was going on around them, ended up at university, fell in love with their discipline. So we've got Māori scholars in here from, we call it the A to Z, so anthropology to zoology, um, with many disciplines in between, like history and um, I don't know, ecology, physics, um, you know, all range of that. And the, but, you know, and falling in love with their discipline, but mm-hmm. recognising that uh, they very off, very rarely, as a student, um, were exposed to, you know, the amazing, um, the amazing amount of knowledge that sits within the Māori world. So that was completely absent from the curriculum, and they were very rarely taught by Māori. And we're really shocked and concerned that this is still happening for our students today, coming through in their chosen disciplines. So the book talks about, you know, our hurt um, and in terms of trying to get work within the university academy and then often working as, like, the lonely only. Um, and, and you're right that most of our Māori um, who are at university are working in Māori studies departments. And we need really flourishing Māori studies departments, but we need Māori across all the disciplines and all the departments. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, people in Aotearoa New Zealand don't understand that there's still structural racism within universities in New Zealand. I mean, we saw in the last few years issues up in Waikato, uh, and then last year with the glass ceiling study, finding that um, Māori and Pacifica uh, academics were underpaid and underpromoted. Um, and this is, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think that that's still an issue in this day and age. But really, um, we're seeing that across the board in a lot of departments and a lot of different jobs out there, aren't we? Oh, look, we are. And often the, the cause for that is often our vice-chancellors and so on will say that 
um, Māori just need to do more. We need Māori to be getting more qualifications. They need to be doing more. And that's not true. The evidence doesn't show that. We've got, you know, recent new 800 Māori PhDs. They are trying to get jobs in academia and they're not getting employed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these scholars in here that we, that we profile, these 24 in this beautiful book, they're all, um, you know, excelling, they've got national awards, international recognition. And you've got stories like, for example, if I take Ocean Mercia, um, who is now currently head of Māori Studies at Victoria University, she has a physics degree, uh, PhD, so the highest qualifications in, P- in physics. Yeah. Uh, but she's not working in a physics department, she's working over in Māori Studies, and you'll see that time and again, you've got Madam Mamuru Lanning talking about working in anthropology at the University of Auckland, but feeling... Um, you know, left that department feeling like a failure and like no sense of generosity or hoe there at all. Yeah. And so these stories are time and time again, and the issues certainly fall within the decision making of our leaders um, and all of our decision makers that are that are in the universities. And we, you know, we really appreciate the focus that we're getting at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It's one of those issues, and it's great that you mentioned like all those PhD students coming through. There's so many of them, but there's still one of those issues that if you're not seeing yourself on the other side, you don't think you can do it, right? Oh, yes, exactly. And we don't have those role models. We don't have, um, yeah, we just don't have Māori or Pacifica present within our tertiary sector in a consistent, consolidated way. And we need to change that. We need to have, you know, the amazing knowledges that sit here within the Pacific. They should be present in the and what we're reading, what our students are learning, um, and we need to have Māori, Pacifica, we need to be much more confident about our place here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, sitting within this Asian Pacific realm. You know, that, that should be a really core part of our university mm. education. And we need to be preparing our students for this workforce, thinking about where Aotearoa, New Zealand's going to be in 2030, 2040. Mm-hmm. I worry that we're not preparing our graduates um, you know, for the workforce, they're not going to be workforce ready for the growing fast expectations of what's happening in the country right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you work in law. Um, part of parts of that system are inherently biased against Maori, um, and you were the only Maori in that department up until last year. I mean, you you can't broke, you can't fix a, a, an overly broken system if you don't have those people that it's um, disadvantaging up at the top fixing that system, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's incredibly lonely um, when you do only have the one Māori academic in a department. You've just got you've got no one to talk to about, um, you know, what's happening, for example, in our whole Māori legal world. You've got mm. no one to, you know, bump into the corridor and have an incredible conversation about our tikanga around our Māori law. And so you just don't have that momentum that, that's there. And so I'm really lucky now. Mihiata Parini has now joined the law faculty, which is very exciting. And I've now got a colleague. But... You know, we need that experience shouldn't be happening yes. in 2021. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're all excited about that. It shouldn't be the case. It just seems so weird to me that you're excited about having another Maori in the department. Yeah. It shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't be a thing. Exactly. Yeah. It, it look, it is. Look, it's really. Um, look, we need change. We need our students to be asking the questions around why am I not getting readings about you know, Māori knowledge, why am I not learning about Māori Pacific, um, you know, situations and that across all of their disciplines. Mm-hmm. 
That's right, that's right. So uh, what are some of the common themes that have come up in the book, like uh, positive ones? So some of the really positive ones is that Māori can succeed at university. And this, the stories in here are ones that, you know, there's two audiences really for this book. And one audience is out to our whānau, hapu, iwi, yeah. um, our Māori youth. We want you to come to university. It's an amazing place to come to and you can succeed. You can go on to have the most incredible, incredible career. And we need you. You know, we need you here in the university. So that's one of the main messages. The other main message is this big call to decolonise the tertiary sector. Yeah. Um, but look, some of the really positive, like eight key findings that we bring together at the end, you know, one of them is that it really shows in an amazing way how Māori do research and that notion of whānau really matters to us. And I think there's something really exciting for the research sector, for the tertiary sector, uh, for how we teach when we recognise and prioritise whānau really matters. Another really important part in the book is um, our intergenerational hope. All of us as Māori are feeling, you know, this amazing, incredible momentum that's taking place in Aotearoa right now. You know, hearts and minds are being changed. There's mm. a real openness and willingness to learn our te reo, uh, to learn about our tikanga. Uh, we've just had our whole faculty of, le- whole faculty of law, um, you know, learning waiata and performing waiata in front of a, you know, packed public audience. And so that's really exciting. And so we are very hopeful for change. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's, it's, you're leading that renaissance, right? Yeah, we, look, we are. It's a collective effort, um, particularly as Māori academics. There's only about 10 of us across the whole country, Māori law academics. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and we're, you know, we are. We've really got a big, strong vision for how we're going to change the teaching of law in particular. We yeah. want it to become bicultural, bilingual and bidural, which is really exciting. And then as Māori academics across the whole, um, whole sector, across the whole country, you know, we've got lots of really... Um, great ideas for how that we can change the tertiary sector to make it much more inclusive and exciting for everyone, for all of us. Indeed, indeed. So um, the talk is on Thursday the 6th of May, uh, 5.30 through to 6.30. How, um, how is the talk going to work? Um, so we're going to, I'm going to be sitting up on stage and I'm going to be interviewed by Renee Black and others who um, lead, I don't know if um, students or people have really, listeners have become aware of this beautiful book that was published last year around our rangatira, so um, a number of rangatira across the country. Um, so the editors of that book, um, it's a beautiful, glossy, photographed book of um, incredible Māori leaders across the country. Mm-hmm. The editors of that book are going to be sitting on stage with me and we're going to be talking about some of the issues from the book. Nice, nice. So uh, the book is, is available now, I should say, as well. Nā Kete uh, Maturanga um, is out, so you should go and check that out as well. Get yourself a copy of it. It's really important. Um, and speaking of important books, uh, the second part that you're taking um, part, uh, the second talk you're taking part of, uh, you're hosting an event with a man uh, that I know has been important in your life, Wite uh, Ihe um, our first published Māori novelist. Uh, you're talking about his latest work, Navigating the Stars, Māori C- Creation Myths, uh, a book that um, traces the history of Māori through their creation myths um, and, you know, bringing these myths into the 21st century. What does that mean? Oh, look, I think this is the most incredible book. I just, I'm learning, like, I just, you know, you pick it up and you just get so engrossed into this um, story of our Māori knowledge, our, our knowledge of how we see the world, um, you know, how we are all connected, this whole notion of whangaungatanga. 
And so, you know, it starts off with the whole story that um, around Danganui, our Sky Father, and Papa Tuanuku, and how they, you know, lay together in that tight embrace, and, you know, what happened between, you know, all their children around how we were in how we create this separation and in Te Ao the world of light today. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, the stories that Witty tells, I mean, he's such an expert. This is a book that he's tried to do three times mm. before mm. in his life, and he's really mastered it now. He's just, this is just the most exciting book that he's um, produced. Uh, look, I'm just, I'm going to be really honoured. It's going to be like, you know, the whole <laughs> moment in my whole career, really, to be on stage with Witty. I'm just, I really credit him for how I ended up at university. Yeah. Um, it was a piece of his work that I read as a 15-year-old That's in right. high school that really led me on my path to university. So, pretty exciting. Yellow Brick Road, so it's perfect because it is a path. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, you know, these myths were shared to um, the majority of people in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Well, I mean, of my generation, I should say, uh, and, um, when we were children. Um, you know, so they came across to us as, you know, being children's stories, but they're not, right? No, they're our whole understanding of how we understand the world. And I think Witty um, takes that, that kind of... Um, first introduction that people will know, you know, in terms of that children's sort of side of it, and shows us the whole depth of complexity that mm-hmm. sits in these stories. And for us from the Māori, these are our laws. This is our legal system. This is yeah. how we understand um, the rules of the Māori society is through these stories. This is like our um, statute books. You know, these are yeah. our recordings of who we are as a people and our, and our, and our law and our values and how we run society. Yeah, and that's really important because I think a lot of Pakeha, um still have that um, that imag- imagined um, f- thought that Māori were some kind of s- monolithic people. Yeah, and I think this certainly speaks back to that. Um, you know, Māori, you know, look, they had an incredible, you know, just imagine those minds, you know, they had the most yeah. incredible... Um, intellect to be able to recall and to know and to be able to read and you know deeply embedded into this whole science and so on of what's happening in this world and you know you know one of the greatest navigators of all time really that that whole expedition yes. coming from the pacific here to aotearoa and and known you know at the time you know they they were right at the forefront of technology in terms of ocean voyaging and so that that Māori depth of knowledge and the way that that knowledge is recorded um, is just, you know, it looks different to how um, from a Western world around that writing and so on, so it yes. looks different but doesn't mean that it's um, less in any way. I think it's just absolutely incredible and Witty's going to be able to really bring that alive for us on Friday night. Yeah, these stories, these crash and myths are as important as any cultural crash and myths. Uh, just as important as the Greeks, just as important as the Romans, uh, these stories. But I guess they're just a little bit lesser known outside of Aotearoa. Uh, and, and the great thing is, speaking of lesser known, it's not just talking about Maui, right? When we're talking about uh, Te Whake, we're talking about uh, Hinu Uri uh, and a lot of other um, creation myths that we, or just myths that we don't know that much about the majority yeah, of New Zealanders. Yeah, exactly. Like you all might know about, you know, Tane standing on, you know, Papa Tuanuku and pushing Ranganui yes. up above. But look, there's about 90 siblings. Yes, that's all right. between that tight embrace and, you know, and the whole dynamics that take place there. No, so it's just so rich. Um, the negotiations, the conversations that take place um, between those siblings is just 
just, you know, just incredible. It provides the framework, and I think it provides a framework for how we can start to address some really critical issues for us in the country around biodiversity loss and climate change and so on. These stories can mean a lot to us, and particularly the lessons that we learn and the retelling of these stories um, have amazing um, directions for us as a country going forward. So they are incredibly relevant, I think, and another whole incredible knowledge base that we should be adding and mm. having sitting alongside our Western science mm-hmm. to address critical issues. Yeah, it's important to look back to move forward, right? It is. Yeah, it really, really is. And learn uh, not only uh, f- uh, with with this, but also from, with your first talk, right, to learn from the mistakes of the past as well. Mm. Um, brilliant. So, um, yeah, so both shows are on uh, one, the first one on the 6th and then the sev- second one on the, the 7th, so Thursday and the Friday of the Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival, which runs from the 6th to the 9th of May. All ticketing details and everything are online, dunedinwritersfestival.com co.nz is where you'll find all the details on all the shows that are on uh, Professor Jacinta Ruru thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us this morning thank you, thank you for the opportunity it's been an absolute pleasure uh, have yourself a wonderful day and we'll see you soon for the Dunedin Writers and Readers Fest Kia Cheers. thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast, there are heaps more at r1.co.nz